Welcome to the Fear and Greed Daily Interview. I'm Sean Aylmer. It's been a big 24 hours for the economy with the release for the March quarter inflation data. Headline annual inflation growth slowed to 7% in the first quarter from 7.8%. That was slightly above expectations. Core inflation came in at 6.6%, which was below the expected reading of 6.7% and down from 6.9% in the December quarter. So what does it mean now for interest rates in the Reserve Bank board meeting next week? Gareth Aird is Commonwealth Bank's Head of Australian Economics. Gareth, welcome back to Fear and Greed. G'day, Sean. It's nice to be back. So any surprises yesterday? Look, the, the numbers only came in a little bit off where we had them pegged. So the headline CPI increased by slightly more than we had on the quarter. We thought 1.3% came in at 1.4%, albeit we had the annual rate at 7%. And that's where it landed. So uh, on that measure, very similar to, to what we had expected. And most of the components came in line or there or thereabouts with what we had. And most analysts have been given a helping hand this time around because we get the monthly CPI before the quarterly and we had two months worth of the, the three months of the quarter. So that's why most analysts were, were pretty close to the actual outcome. Where the, I guess the, the biggest surprise came though was on the, the true mean, which is the RBA's preferred measure of underlying inflation. Uh, that increased by 1.2% on the quarter, which is a little bit where we in the market uh, were expecting, which is 1.4%. They're not big misses in the scheme of things, but just you know, slightly off from where we had it uh, had it penciled in. So most of us talk about things like um, annualised inflation, 7%, et cetera. You're talking about quarterly inflation. What does that show in terms of quarter on quarter on quarter? Does it show that within that 7% or the core inflation at 6.6%, things were slower in the March quarter than previous quarters? Yes, that, that, that they do. In fact, if you annualised the quarterly number, so in other words, you take 1.2% and you annualise that, you get a number a lot less than 6.6%. So what you can then infer is that that quarter-on-quarter rate was not as strong as the previous uh, few quarters that we've had. So the rate of inflation is slowing. It's a good news story. It'll still take a while to get back to the Reserve Bank's target. And part of that is because of those sort of bigger numbers that are sitting in the annual calculation that have got to drop out. But the news was overall, I think, pretty good given we knew inflation is still stronger than desired in the economy. And it doesn't just drop overnight, but directionally, we're heading the right way. I think where it gets a bit interesting for the Reserve Bank is compositionally having a look at inflation. And what we're seeing is a similar story in Australia to other countries is that we're getting some goods disinflation coming through, but services inflation has accelerated. Now, that is being largely driven by the the spending patterns in the economy, which have sort of changed over the last year. They're kind of normalising. We're spending more Uh, as a share of our spending on services relative to goods from this time a year ago, and that was because we were coming out of the pandemic. But I think that services component of inflation, which has stepped up to its highest rate uh, since 2021, that's probably the thing that the RBA will still be a little bit concerned about. Okay, so why does it matter the goods services split? Why does it matter if we are paying, I mean, if there is inflation in services, but not in goods? It's a good question because you could say, well, if these things are sort of netting out, you know, it's it's ultimately where the overall basket comes in that matters. The reason why economists will like to split it out between goods and services is that services inflation tends to be a little bit more sticky and it's a little bit less volatile than goods inflation. Uh, a lot of the goods inflation can actually come through 
changes in the cost of importing goods. So that can be influenced by the Australian dollar. It can also be influenced by shipping costs, which we saw went up massively at the beginning of the pandemic, then they obviously came back down. So you've had a, a, a deflationary impulse coming through on some components of input costs that then feed into goods. And the shipping one's the obvious example. With services, though, the, the primary driver of services inflation tends to be wages growth. And wages growth isn't particularly volatile. So that's why the Reserve Bank and economists will kind of want to split up that basket. And then knowing that wages is a key driver of services, try and then make an assessment as to how sticky or not this inflation might be based on what's actually driving it. Stay with me, Gareth. We'll be back in a minute. I'm speaking to Gareth Aird, Head of Australian Economics at the Commonwealth Bank. Okay, so we put all that together. What's it mean for next Tuesday when the Reserve Bank Board meets? It's a good question. I think this is a really tough one to call. We thought that the Reserve Bank would be in ho- on hold in April, as it turned out to be the case that they were, and a lot of economists or the majority of economists were actually tipping a rate hike. This time around, I think the majority of economists are going to be tipping a pause, and we've actually got the Reserve Bank increasing the cash rate. Now, on, the, on one level, you could say, well, why is that if underlying inflation, which is their preferred measure, has actually come in a little bit below consensus? And the Reserve Bank's numbers were basically on consensus. So that underlying rate of inflation has come in a little bit lower than they had forecast in February. I think what's important here is to consider that the Reserve Bank still has a hiking bias. So even though they paused, they said in the minutes for the April board meeting that they still think that they will be on balance raising the cash rate again. The other thing too, which I think was quite interesting in the April board minutes is that the Reserve Bank spoke a lot about population growth and population growth coming in stronger than they'd been anticipating and that being an inflationary force. So you overlay that then with also the labour market data, which was still very strong in March. Uh, we got that out a couple of weeks ago and it showed that the unemployment rate had stayed at a 50-year low of 3.5%. Then we think that the RBA in their own mind still has another rate hike in the pipeline and that that inflation rate today, as particularly on the core measure, just wasn't quite soft enough to see them uh, on hold. And the Reserve Bank will also put out a new set of updated economic forecasts out next week following the board meeting and they're setting policy not just based on how the actual data has come in but also their assessment for the outlook for inflation and we think they won't end up downwardly revising their profile for inflation simply because the population growth story they think is a little bit inflationary and core inflation wasn't that much lower today than what they'd anticipated and I think if they're not revising down their inflation forecasts and they have a hiking bias then ultimately they'll deliver on that bias at the board meeting. I do think, though, it, it is a hard one to call. I think the Reserve Bank will debate the case whether or not to leave the cash rate on hold, and um, I think you can make pretty good arguments one way or the other. Are we getting to the end of this journey, though, Gareth? Are we getting to the point where rates won't rise anymore? We're there or thereabouts. Our, our view is that the terminal rate, as in the peak of the, in the cash rate for this cycle, is 3.85%. So that's just one more 25 basis point rate hike. It could come next week. It could be June. It could even be August. You know, I think in the short run, while the, the labour market data is still holding up quite well and the inflation rate is yet to sort of get back even at an annualised quarterly rate within target, the RBA will maintain that hiking bias. But they've, they've put an awful lot through in a short amount of time. 
And regardless of what they do from here, there are lots of home borrowers out there who will be rolling off very, very low fixed rate home loans uh, over the next 18 months. And they'll be going on to a significantly higher either floating rate or if they refix that rate, it'll be a lot higher. So regardless of what the RBA does from here, there's more tightening to come through. That should mean that they don't have too much more to go. As I said, one, possibly, they could be done at 3.6. We're, we're there or thereabouts. And I, I don't think it'll be too long, actually, before we end up talking about when will rates likely come down. Because if, if the rate of inflation continues to come down, uh, and the lagged impact of rate hikes continues to slow household spending, which will ultimately then act to bring the rate of inflation down, then at some point, the Reserve Bank will say, well, we don't need a cash rate as deeply restrictive as it is right now, because we don't want the unemployment rate to go up too much. The wages growth is coming in broadly in line with the inflation target. In, in, the, in the governor's own words, he wants to preserve as many of these gains in employment as possible, and then they'll be looking to ease policy. I mean, it sounds unusual to talk about potential rate cuts when we're still talking next week. We think on balance, they'll, they'll move the cash rate up, but we're, we're there or thereabouts in terms of the, the top of the rate cycle. And that's certainly what the, the money markets are pricing. How is the economy going generally? Like we talk about specific economic figures and monthly Reserve Bank meetings and that, but if you take a step back, it doesn't seem that the local, the Australian economy is doing too badly, particularly when you compare it to the US economy. Look, that, that's right. And if, if there was probably one economic statistic that you would ever point to at any point in time to, to get a pulse of how things are going for the collective economy, it, it'd be the unemployment rate. And that's currently three and a half percent. So that is the key good news story in all of this as to what's happened in the post-pandemic world. And also the fact that wages growth has picked up and is um, basically coming in in line with the inflation target where the RBA always wanted to get wages growth around three and a half percent. There are a couple of uh, very good good things. Now, the, the, the problem is the economy is made up of a whole lot of individual households and businesses. And for, for many households who have got a mortgage, they're finding it quite tough at the moment because in the RBA's attempt to slow the economy down, they've had to raise rates very quickly and that's fallen to the home borrower, particularly those home borrowers that have borrowed in the recent past. So the economy on the whole looks all right, but it's not working for every individual household. Some households are doing it tough because they've been basically caught up as being an agent of what the RBA is trying to do, which is slow the economy down. And they're the person that, or the household that's slowing things down and the way that they're being impacted is through higher mortgage rates. So there are uh, a number of households that are doing it tough, but if you look at things on aggregate, they don't look too bad. Gareth, I do have to ask you about house prices because in the last couple of days, we've had a couple of your competitors to or economists from two of the other major banks come out and say, look, we don't think the housing market's going to be quite as, or house prices will fall quite as much as we thought they would. In fact, I think they've both said they're going to stabilise. What's your take on house prices from here? Yeah, look, the last couple of months of home price data, I think it surprised almost every analyst because we saw home prices falling quite sharply through last year because of the RBA's interest rate hikes. And then the RBA still been hiking the cash rate through the early part of this year, and yet the housing market stabilised. And that's not intuitive. Uh, normally, home prices would continue to decline given those higher interest rates. But I think what's happened is population growth has been so strong uh, with residential construction coming off that you've ended up with an incredibly tight rental market. Rents, as we saw in the CPI yesterday, are rising now quite quickly. 
And so for, for a potential investor, they're seeing an asset there that has a cash flow, which is going up. So they're more willing to then buy that asset. And equally for a, an owner-occupier, you know, if they're not buying a home to live in, they're probably renting and they're seeing strong growth in rents is not something that they they like because they have to fork out more for higher rent. So you're, you're now getting more people willing to transact in the housing market that is seeing prices stabilise. You overlay that then with a central bank that's basically said, you know, we're very close to the top of the tightening cycle, there or thereabouts. And I think you've just got more people now willing to transact in the housing market. So we haven't yet put out a new set of home forecasts. We previously thought the peak to trough would be around 15%. It will come in less than that. We've said we'd put out some new numbers on Monday when the core logic figures uh, for April are published, and we'll only be revising those forecasts upwards uh, based on what, what we're seeing in terms of the trends in the market right now. Gareth, thank you for talking to Fear and Greed. Always good to chat, Sean. As Gareth Aird, Head of Australian Economics at the Commonwealth Bank. This is a Fear and Greed daily interview. Join us every morning for the full episode of Fear and Greed, Australia's most popular business podcast. I'm Sean Aylmer. Enjoy your day.